tuned into Toby Talks, special edition. From RN to medical doctor. Now, you guys know Toby Talks is a platform for highlighting nurses across the world who are doing amazing things in fields that we didn't even know we could do. Okay, so I had to make this a special edition because I know a nurse who went from literally being a bedside nurse to becoming a medical doctor. And let me tell y'all something. I really don't hear that at all. I never hear someone going from RN to MD. It's always RN. I was going to be an MD, but then, you know, about eight or so year plus of school, minus student loans, as Sally Mae uh, equals being broke for the rest of my life. So, yes, a lot of people really don't continue on that journey if their journey was to pursue medical doctor. And I actually want to take this opportunity to a special edition because I had the amazing opportunity of interviewing Dr. Crystal. I can just call her Crystal. I got to call her Dr. Crystal because she went from being a RN to a medical doctor. And y'all, she is dropping so much knowledge, starting from how she did it as a nurse, the things that she learned, how she left a Ivy League hospital to kind of get in the ropes and roll up her sleeves and really get some skills going on, to going to medical school outside the country and so much more. But you already know I'm getting really excited and I'm talking too much. So let's go ahead and hop into this conversation. Whoop, whoop. So, girl, I love to get into the nitty gritty. Let's go ahead and hop into this. Tell me, how did you even become a nurse and what led you down that path to where you are currently as a doctor? I want to hear it all. Like, that's so cool. So tell me about that. So, okay. well, um, it started off back in high school uh, where I knew I knew I wanted to be a doctor, but um, I was like, oh, I'm going to do biology or chemistry, you know. So I was a part of an organization in high school called Health Occupation Students of America. And we were doing some um, clinical, we were doing some clinical rotations at uh, Memorial Hospital. Mind you, I was only like 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And I met, um, I, I ran into like a group of like Nigerian American, like it was three of them, three Nigerian American doctors. And they they saw me and they embraced me like, oh, hey, uh, see our little sister, you know? That's nice. I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Yeah, there were doctors and everything. I was like, this is what I, I want to be a doctor, too. And they're like, okay. One of the girls was like, you know what? I really advise you, instead of doing majoring in biology or chemistry, major in nursing. Mm. I was like, wait a minute. That sounds like a good idea. You know, they're like, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be majorly prepared. You're going to be more prepared than your your colleagues, your classmates, because you're already you're already going to know the hands on. You're going to know things before they before you start learning them. And I was like, that sounds like an idea. So when I went home, I talked to my mom about it. My mom was like, I told you, you know, it's a good <laughs> idea. You should do you should do nursing. Those Nigerian mothers. I was like, okay, real so talk. Go on, do it. All your mates are doing mm-hmm. is go and do. Doc, uh, go and be a nurse. Go and be. A, I, <laughs> Oh, I know. Trust me. And I know everybody's like, whoa, she went into Nigerian mode just now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. So then uh, I was applying for school and I was doing nursing and I applied to, I went to, uh, I applied to Texas Women's, got in, got a scholarship. And it's so funny when I started uh, Texas Women's and I told, when I would tell my advisors, that's one advice I got to tell the nurses. Like, you tell your advisors, but you got to make sure you you keep your eyes on the goal because some of those advisors out there will try to discourage you. Yes. Because when I told them I was in nursing to medical school, oh, no, no, no. Just do biology, do chemistry. I was like, nope, nope. Wow. Oh my God. I had to keep, mm-hmm, I had to keep firm and keep, make sure I knew what I was doing when I was setting my schedule, you know, just, just knowing that, okay, these are the, these prerequisites, do they, do they, do they uh, qualify from pre-med and everything? So, um, before I go off topic, that's basically how I started to do nursing to medicine. <laughs> wow. No, I, I, that's amazing. Cause one, I've never, I never had the opportunity to hear someone say the reason why they went into medical school was starting on their journey nursing. And I think that's really good that you brought the topic of making sure you doing your own research too, because I've had advisors that have also tried to deter me from, you know, my original goal of being what I wanted to be. And there are some advisors too, that would even hinder your movement. It's like, Oh no, you know, that's not really a field that you would be best in. 
excuse me? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's good that you're saying that because I think sometimes um, we go off from hearing an advisor. It's almost like how you, how patients relate to doctors, you know, they're going to take the doctor's full advice because they think the doctors know better than them. And um, they're going to go along with it instead of giving a second opinion. So when it comes to being advised in your career path, definitely go for a second opinion, definitely do your own research and, you know, use different platforms to hear what people are um, doing to get into that path. So I'm really glad that you said that girl. Exactly. I truly went through that too. And if I listened to that advisor, I would not be a nurse today. I, long story short. Anywho, so <laughs> what was your experience as a nurse? Like how long did you stay in nursing um, before you started to go into your path of trying to become a, um, an MD and what skills kind of helped you in that path? Yeah. So, so when I first started uh, nursing, I got a job at MD Anderson on the urology floor um, mm-hmm. When I was working there, I felt kind of like, this isn't for me. You know, I prayed about it. I was like, this, I, I didn't feel happy going to work. I was like, I don't think um, oncology nursing is for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, during that time within the, I think it, I was only there for about 12 weeks during, uh, doing graduate nursing, I was applying for other jobs and it just so happened, here goes my mom again. My mom was like, oh, I know this lady. She's looking for nurses. <laughs> I said, Tom. And at the, top, at the time, I was like, man, Tom, you know, there's like this stigma about going to work at a county hospital. Yes. There's a stigma. Everybody's like, oh, I don't want to work at a county hospital. I want to work at, oh, classy, you know, Methodist. Oh, mm-hmm. you know. But I, my mom was telling me, you got to you gotta go there. You got to, I want you to go there and learn your skills. And I, I know at MD Anderson, you have an IV start nurse. I said, yes, we do. She said, no, you need to learn your skills. Wow, y'all see y'all are sleeping on the mamas out there. Look at ma- mama in the game. She said you don't even know how to start an okay. IV at your Ivy League hospital. Go go up to the county and learn how to start some see that's what's up. Don't be sleeping on an African mamas, y'all. Stay woke. Stay woke. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I went and I had um went to go have my interview and of course my manager was a full blown Nigerian woman that's who, she was like, Ah, copy mm-hmm. I was like, Oh God And you know, basically I had an interview, they loved me and I started work and I was like, After the first two weeks I was like, This is where this is it. Thank you God for that divine intervention for placing me here where I was thrown in with just on the spot day one I was helping with chest tube placements doing NG tubes wow I was tired but I was like I loved it I was like yes this is it this is where I I, within a year I was a seasoned nurse I could do anything I was floating to the emergency it was it was really good I I, I always want to say thank you to Harris County Bentop General Hospital for instilling those skills in me because I use them every day and I have Yes, I have so much confidence when I'm doing these, you know, use these skills now and through medical school and now I'm transitioning to a doctor. So, yeah, that's how that's I worked for about, a, let's say I worked about two to three years. And within the two to three years, I started after the first year, I didn't do any kind of community college courses. The second year, that's when I went, went ahead. I went to Houston Community College. I registered for um uh, organic chemistry one and physics one. Mm-hmm. So I was taking that while I set my schedule at work. Thank God they understood I was in school. At, at work, I worked uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I had that set schedule while I went to school, Tuesday, Thursday, and sometimes Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So I did that for about a year and a half. And then that's when I started. Uh, in total, everything was about two years. I, I, then I started applying for uh, medical school. Whoop, whoop. First of all, big ups to Ben Ty for uh, getting this nicely seasoned nurse together. Okay, big ups. And I like how you talk about, you know, being able to work with a, a hospital that does recognize your growth and education and they were able to work with your schedule. I mean, that's a that's a huge deal, you know, and um, and you were smart. Mm-hmm. You went to community college like yeah. me as well. I'm also an HCC alumni. 
I also went to Houston Community College and got my uh, got my credits up before I started nursing school. So that was really smart to do because you saved a lot of money. I mean, it's literally like slices the cost of tuitions at a big university, not even in half, almost like one third. So um, it's really, really good to do your research on the on the, the community college. You can go to get some of these classes. And what I loved about when I went to community college, girl, our classes were really small, you know, and especially when you're dealing with these science classes where you really got to know your stuff, the size of the class really matters. Yeah can actually take time to answer your question instead of a class of 200 where you hope to email the teacher and they email you back. This one, you got a class of 30, maybe 40, and you're able to work together, ask questions together, get in study groups. So I really enjoyed that at HCC. Now, to me, if I was to ever think about going to be a doctor, I would be really intimidated thinking of the schedule and how to, you know, study and going to school. How did you balance that once you got into your um, MD program? Were you still working as a nurse and were you still going to classes in medical school? Like, how did you how did you balance that? Well, um, I went to the first two years of uh, medical school. I didn't work because I was also, um, I I went to a medical school in the Caribbean islands of St. Kitts. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't work out there. So actually there was no time to work during the first, the first two years are the, um, very critical. So my schedule there was um, about, you know, going to class at eight o'clock in the morning, being done around three or four, I go straight to the library. And um, we study all the way from like four to five, all the way to um, 2 a.m. in the morning that we go home and repeat. That was my daily schedule from 8 a.m. to 2 o'clock in the morning every day. So that was, that was all, yeah, that was just all the brain work of medical school. Now, once I finished my um, my main basic sciences and came to the States, that's when I was able to um, balance working and going to clinicals. Because now when you have clinicals, this is where you have more time. So it depends on your, um, your attending or your physician that you're rotating with. Sometimes their schedules might be like, oh, hey, Crystal, okay, I just need you to be here at 7 o'clock and we're here till 2 every day, 72, 72, which gives me, which gave me ten, chance to work maybe like at 11 or sometimes, actually majority of the time, sometimes I'm, I'm doing a, a night shift where I'm working seven to seven. And then I go to clinicals in the morning from nine o'clock or so, which is not advisable, but, uh, at the, the, the situation that I was in, I, I, I I'm tired of, I was tired of Sally Mae calling me Mm. and stressing me out. Lord. So I made a, a vow. I was like, you know what? You have a nursing license. You God has given you enough strength. You're going to work and you're going to pay your school fees. Mm. So I was paying my clinical science, clinical sciences out of pocket. Wow. So that's the reason why I had to work and balance um, medical school, which was very stressful, honestly. But it was done. Right? <laughs> you did that. Girl, you did that. So... You mentioned that you went to a school that was in the islands. Was that an easier program to get into for MD or was this one of your top schools that you're trying to get into versus going to university in the States or was it, you know, cost? What was, um, what was the reasoning behind, you know, going to a school that was outside of the U S yes. Um, well you can say it's a little bit, a little bit easier, but, um, when I applied to school, I applied to, uh, a couple of students, schools in the States that I did get accepted to. But when we, when I, when I compared the two schools, comparing to the Caribbean school and American schools, where American schools, you're paying double compared mm-hmm. to what I can pay in the going to, mm-hmm, going to school in the Caribbean. And that was one of the um, tips that the medical student, well, actually the doctors told me back in, when I was in uh, high school, they're like, "Hey, come to come to the Caribbean because you're gonna save our money. Unless you want to be go to American school, you'll be paying your whole life." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so um, when I chose my school, I went to it was um, very cost effective, even though I did have loans and stuff. But yeah, so that that was a factor. Then number um, number two, another factor was. Um, I'm sorry, the question, there's something else you asked. 
Oh, I asked if it was like cost effective or was it, you know, one of your top schools that you wanted to go to or, you know, what was the difference between, you know, going to a school there um, in the islands versus here, you know, time frame, education aspect. Was it better for you? Because um, I've heard the same as well. I've worked with a oh, lot okay. of doctors, too, that have gone to school in the islands and they have recommended that more than, um, you know, schools here in the U.S. So I wanted to see your perspective on that. Yes. So mainly the main factor is the cost the cost. Now, if, um, if I could, if, if, if I would have gotten into a school in America that was maybe at least as close to their tuition, of course I would go there. Now then another factor would come up like, oh, you know, there's a, there's a huge rumor. Oh, going to a, a international medical school or going to a Caribbean medical school, you won't match. That is a huge a falsified rumor. Mm. Majority of the physicians about 50 to 60% of the physicians in the United States of America are internationally trained. A lot of people don't realize that. Wow. (laughs) Girl, look at you dropping them gems because that is, you know, sometimes we, we run with that kind of, uh, you know, what we hear in the streets, like way back. Oh, you can't get into nursing school if you don't have a 4.0 or 3.5. Honey, I got in twice. And one of that time was like a 2.1. Okay. Baby, they looking at you holistically, okay. not of just only your book knowledge, but holistically who you are and how you contribute to this, this community of health. So I am so glad that you said that because I used to hear that too. Like, oh, you won't match you to this. But then I worked with so many amazing doctors that are all international. Like they went to school in places I never even heard of. That was a country. I said, like, oh, okay. Is that on the map? Oh, okay, cool. Let me check that out. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that you're, you're sharing that. So when you talk about the cost, right? Give me, can you like give me some round figures, comparisons, you know, just so people are listening can be like, oh yeah, that's a big difference. So what was like your tuition there versus, you know, going to um, a school in the U.S.? Okay, let's say uh, my tuition, we, we have three semesters in a year and my tuition of, uh, per like 7,000 per semester, so basically 21,000 in one year. I'm, I'm sorry, As what? opposed to... Yes, yes, yes. Girl, you're playing. Let me go ahead and look up medical schools right now. You playing? <laughs> Shoot, I can be a doctor under twenty one thousand. Okay, and then as as opposed to let's let's just use Meharry University where I almost went to, as opposed to Meharry per semester, there is there's about about close to fifty thousand dollars. Now, when you weigh those costs, those are like, wait a minute, why would I pay, you know, say fifty thousand per semester or forty thousand per semester, when you can go to Caribbean medical school and pay lower than that for one full year, which is three semesters, because wow. you're doing about five, five, five semesters, yeah. So that when I when I weighed those uh when I w- looked at that with my family, we made a decision. You know what? Let's just do this Caribbean medical school just to save on costs. Even though I did use some loans when I was out there because, you know, um, this and some family contribution and also because I couldn't work. But then now that I came to the States, it was all me just working, working. And also now my fiance helps me contribute to he was helping me pay my school fees. So, yeah, girl, that's a big I mean, come on. That is big. And this is the stuff that I'm saying. People do not share this kind of details. You know what I mean? You just you kind of hear word of mouth, Mm -hmm. word of mouth. So I'm so glad that you're putting on the map because I have a cousin, too, who is graduate of um, I think he uh, went to University of San Francisco as a doctor and doing his residency. And I know Mm -hmm. that like yo, uh, them loans, Sally Mae, ain't no joke, you know? And to hear that you can, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a doctor with literally half of that. That is crazy. That's so awesome. So yes. Yes. let me go ahead and table up to nursing now. Um, so what were some of the comparisons you see now as a from when you were on the floor as a nurse to, you know, now doing your rotations as a, as a doctor um, or in pre-med school or medical school? What were your differences that you saw? Because I know in nursing, we used to always side eye, you know, the <laughs> side eye, the new, nurse, the new doctors coming through our rotations. Like, mm, they don't know nothing. We got to teach them stuff. Da, 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 da. So did you feel that way when you were now in medical school or what were some differences you saw in between when you were a nurse and then doing your clinicals um, in medical school? You know, um, I'm, I'm really, I'm a really big Snapchatter and I 
always talk about this. Um, being in both roles, you really get to understand both sides. Because I can be in that nurse role and I'm like, oh, God, these new residents. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to put it in order. You know? yes. <laughs> and then I can go from being a medical student that is asking a nurse for a simple question and the nurse is snapping an attitude. Mm. And I'm like, wow. I, I never saw it from that side. And, um, you know, so those, when I, when I get to see both sides, I, I understand where both is coming from. So when I, when, when I'm in those two different roles, I, I make sure to approach it differently as a, as a example, what happened to me like a month ago, as being a med student, I made sure before I went to go ask the nurse anything, I read the chart. I looked up everything I needed to look up before I asked her, hey, how was this patient? Or, or, and I'll be like, oh, I saw that you documented that uh, he had a JP output of 80 cc's. Did any other events happen? You know, that kind of, mm-hmm. I approached it differently so that, yeah, because when you come in to ask a nurse question at 6 o'clock in the morning during crunch time, you know, she don't have she doesn't have time to be taking time to go. Oh, let me show you this. You know, mm-hmm. so when I I noticed when I did when I did approach it differently, I the nurse was more receptive. Now coming off from a nursing when I was in a nursing role, talking to the new <laughs> residents, I was I actually had more sympathy for them because I realized coming in, I said, wow, they just kind of throw those residents in. They don't really give them too much of an orientation and they're just ordering, they're like ordering order, order sets. And you kind of just have to, you know, not really baby them, but kind of have pity for them in a way. So now yeah. I'm in that nursery room, like, oh, are you a new resident? You're like, yeah, uh, I understand how you feel. Here, let me help you out. so there's a balance in between and do you feel like that balance is going to help the relationship between you know a nurse and a doctor because sometimes you know on the nursing aspect we kind of tend to put up a defense mechanism with doctors because they come off to us rude and like as if we our voices don't matter because technically it does like we are the ones we are the advocate for the patients we're with the patient you know the whole 12 hour shift where you just pop in like five ten minutes out of the whole 12 hours or unless we call you for an emergency or stuff like that so do you feel like being being able to see both roles you would be able to better um you know even help residents communicate with the nurses where it doesn't feel like we feel like we are beneath you but then you need us to you know, to know what's going on with the patient. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I feel like it will be because you're able to relate more. They will both sides will be more understandable. That's so true, and it's so needed because that used to be the one annoying thing. Like, and I didn't care, and then that's when I first had to learn to find my voice in nursing because I used to be so scared to call the doctor, especially if you're working night shift, call the doctor at two a.m. or three a.m. when you're really concerned about your patient. You know, and I got to the point where look um my patient needs you so are you gonna be here or what like it, that's a, because you literally are the voice of the patient i've already documented this is a vital sign da, 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 da. i've given this medication they're still at a pain of eight i need you here to come assess this we gotta pull this cast off what's good you know and you you have to learn how to exactly. build that confidence um to talk to a doctor that way but when you've been around doctors that have like you know, kind of yelled at you in front of patients or made you feel belittling it's, it, or make you feel belittled um, because you might not know something, that's where that relationship gets really, really difficult. So it's good to see that, you know. You yeah, it's really, both, really difficult. Really difficult. Um, but I'm glad that you see both aspects. So what is one of your highlights now exactly. um, moving from nursing to being, com- being a doctor? Like what is one of your big highlights that you really, um, that you want to emphasize now in your new position? A highlight, I guess, um, being when you transition to a position now, I'm like, I understand where a nurse is, how a nurse feels when you, when she calls you at 2 a.m. and you're rude to her, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you are not, yeah, and it's so funny, while during my, um, while I'm working as a nurse, cause, and they find out that, oh, wait, she's in medical school, she's in medical school, I hear some things they say, like, oh, you better not be like this, you see how this doctor, you be- Christy, you better not become one of those doctors, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no, of course, I will never, you know, I'm going to be, as I, as they say, um, a person with a nursing, a nurse's heart and a doctor's mind, so that's oh, a, that's wow. a, that's, that's a uh, the best of both worlds right there. So that is. Yeah, that's my highlight. <laughs> 
So why did you choose to go to be a doctor and not like um, a nurse P or a doctor in nursing? Why is it that you chose to go the medical doctor route instead of, you know, MP or um, doctor of nursing practice? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. You know, can I can I get spiritual on your Girl, um, you can get whatever you want. This is Toby Talks. Talk about okay. it. Boo. Okay. So, um, like I said before, you know, the different divine interventions, starting from high school, the young, the young doctors, then my mom talking in my ear. And then here comes. You know, when you, when God sees you, when God gives you a vision and when you know that this is what you're supposed to do, there's always going to be hindrance or there's going to be testing and um, Mm -hmm. people coming to, to take you off of your line. So I was, uh, while I was, um, after I went, you know, I went to Texas Women's University, you know, the advisors were all up in my ear, discouraging me left and right. Tell my mom, I was like, no, keep keep your eyes on the goal. Mm-hmm. And I was always saying, I was always confessing, you know. And, you know, going to Texas, Texas Women's University was the number one and the most competitive nursing school in, um, in Texas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, us being there, when I say us, uh, um, mm-hmm. being there at, at some times, in nursing school, I was tested by many people. And I, and the thing is that I always come, came out as top 10. I was always a top 10 student in my class and people didn't understand how I could balance and ooh, go out and party with my friends and come back the next day and have a, make an A on my pathophysiology exam and still maintain my 3.8 GPA mm. throughout <laughs> Come through, sis. Mm. From undergrad. Okay. From undergrad to nursing school. So yeah. So that was, um, that's another thing. So going from that transition when I was like, okay, medical school, medical school. Then while I was in, um, okay, while I was in, uh, while I was working as a nurse, I got a lot of, I got a lot of um, advice. Hey, why are you doing medical school? Why don't you just go to nurse practitioner school? Stay in your role. Uh, you know, I thought about it. I really, I was like, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And I would go home and, you know, look into it. Then I came, then I stumbled, stumbled, uh, stumbled upon the first DMP program. They were doing something in Arizona State University. I called the um, counselor. She was like, oh, my God, you are a perfect candidate. You know what? We can even give you a full ride. Come mm-hmm. to Arizona State University. I'm loving your uh, transcript. I'm loving your drive. Come the DMP route. There was a lot. And then... Even to go to dent uh, to become a dentist, I don't randomly someone was talking to me and I was like, oh, you know. So at the at the end, I realized I was like, Crystal, you have to seek God's guidance before you make any of these decisions. So I was a nurse practitioner. People were emailing me. The Arizona State University lady was on me. Then the whole dentistry school. Then of course, medical school was still there. Mm-hmm. So I had to literally seek God. I had to pray. I prayed. I remember I prayed. I fasted. And I remember I went to church and um, the pastor was like, you know, you, you have so many different options, but you have to see God's vision, what God wants you to do. And I prayed and I had faith and I was confessing every day to God, just guide me right now. I'm kind of confused. Like there's so many things I could go into. And I went to sleep and I woke up in the morning and I was like, Crystal Ovi empty. That's it. I remember that day. I had chills. I woke up. I was like, Crystal will be empty. Before you knew it, I, I cut off all those people in my ear. Nope, 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 nope. Wow. I focused on everything. I went straight to go and do my exam crackers, preparing for my MCAT. And that's it. That was, the sky was the limit from there. I stayed on the road. People were still, they still tried. Nurse practitioner, nurse, I was like, nope. Mm-mm. God said I'm going to be a doctor, so I'm, that's what I'm going yeah, I'm going to be a medical doctor. And that's it. Yes. Oh, my. As you're talking, like, I'm literally, like, walking back my own life path, girl. And I, appre- like, you have no idea what that means to fully know the path that you're on. You know, seek God, you know. And I know some people are like, oh, I don't, I don't care what God you believe in. You can believe in whatever name you want to call your God. At the end of the day, seek some higher power inter- intervention and truly 
like be at center with yourself and know what you're called to do Mm -hmm. because you can get pulled in so many directions and you truly don't know what's what God has for you, you know, and what you're truly um, at best at. And when you were saying all this, I remember when I, um, my first nursing school program and I remember nursing school was very different for me. Like the, the expectations were very different from what I was used to. And I, and I excelled when it came to, you know, sciences and everything. That's what got me into my first nursing um, school. And when I didn't do well that first time, it like my first exam, I like failed it with like a 60 something or, you know, that was like a big deal. And I was like, what? I studied for this. And I remember going to my yeah. teacher or not my teacher. Yeah, actually my teacher, uh, me and another, um, another friend of mine who was a different race than me. We both went to the teacher and she went ahead of me and she was in there for a good 45 minutes. I was like, dang, I thought I was going to, you know, look over our test, see all this kind of stuff. So I'm pretty excited thinking, okay, this teacher spent the same amount of time with me. I can go over what I missed. And I remember going in there and talking to the professor and I was like, letting her know, like, I'm not sure what I did wrong on the exam. I would like to, you know, see my exam and see what I can do moving forward. And she literally, um, gave me a lecture on how I should be grateful that I'm in this program, how I should, and mind you, she has no idea that I'm president of organizations on my campus. I'm very involved heavily. I was a part of student government association. I mean, I was very involved in my, um, in my college. She had no idea these things I was doing on the side, but gave me a lecture about I shouldn't party. I need to be more focused. I should be grateful that I had a position in this class. And that literally took 15 minutes of me getting a lecture of how I'm not appreciative of being in this class. Wow. Girl, long story short, I ended up failing um, that nursing program and I didn't get kicked out. I just failed a course that semester and I could not get back in. And I just like, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to go a whole different route. I'm going to do psychology because I really like psych and I'll just do an accelerated program Mm -hmm. in nursing if it's for me. Because at that point I thought it wasn't for me and people were making me feel like it wasn't for me. Because even in college when I would ask people, ask like, oh, what's your major? Mm -hmm. I'm like nursing. Like what? I thought it'd be communications or marketing or business because I was such a very outgoing and very, um, had a lot of leadership skills. So I was even second guessing my own like nursing choice, you know? And at that time, my parents being Nigerian, wanted me to be a pharmacist, wanted me to be a doctor. And it was just you being pulled from so many angles. And I remember, um, since I failed that course, it killed my GPA. And I remember my close friends of mine that were applying to nursing school too. They were like, you should apply. You should apply. And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm going to go my psych route and all this stuff. And one of my friends, Gabby, shout out to Gabby and Faith. They kept like just going in my ear left and right, left and right about, you know, applying to this um, nursing school. I ended up applying literally the last day because I had no expectations to go. I did not want to go back to nursing school. I was already burnt and like, you know, already kind of emotionally drained from what I went through the first time. And lo and behold, I'm about to graduate a semester before and I find out I get into this nursing program. And I'm like, how did I get in? Because I'm like, my GPA was a 2.1. My GPA was so low. I was not looking forward to going. And all of a sudden I got, I was the one, only one out of my friends who got into that program. I was like, shut up. You know, and I literally had to leave all that in God's hands, let him be the decision maker of my journey of my life, you know? And I like that you did yeah. that too. You weren't listening to, I mean, because girl, if Arizona would have offered me a free ride, I'd be like, okay, I'm out, I'm done. You know, let me go. <laughs> but you didn't let those things deter you and pull you into those directions. You really like tuned in with yourself and what God had planned for you and you decided on what to do. And I'm glad that you shared that story because I feel like a lot of times people make the decisions based off of what other people's expectations are for them or what they should do, especially when you come from a Nigerian background where your parents want you to do a prestigious (laughs) role. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And I love your testimony. Wow. Look at that. Girl, psh, that's and another. Look at where God has brought you now. Literally, Toby talks amazing about my failures, you know, and, and thinking that I was the only one that went mm-hmm. through these things. And it's like, no, so many people have gone through this 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 journey of their life, but they found who they're called to be. Um, so yes, that's a blessing in itself. But let's, you know, let me uh, let me hop back on about you being this doctor. So I want to know, like, <laughs> what. What is the pay difference, girl? Because, yes, I know there's doctors out. I mean, there's nurses out there that, you know, if they worked almost every day of their life, 
12 hour shift, they can rack up, you know, six figures in a year, you know, but as a doctor, what are some of the benefits? I mean, what is the financial difference differences? And then also like your schedule? I mean, are you constantly always on call? Like what, what, give me some background about like the differences you see when it comes to pay and schedule from a nurse to MD now. Yes. Uh, differences of the pay is, uh, is a major, well, major difference. It depends on where you um where you specialize in. And I'm gonna be doing internal medicine. So the average um salary for internal med- uh medicine doctor is about one hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So uh, but you know, right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right now with when you do residency, your first year of residency you're 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 not making too much money. You're making like thirty thirty five dollars to thirty dollars an hour. Oh, you make a nursing pay, um, like almost like a new grad. Yeah, this kind of pay. Okay, wow. Exactly. So, uh, and every year it goes up by increase of like ten dollars. So basically, after because internal medicine is, is a three year residency. So basically, by the third year, I'll be basically making what I was making as a nurse. But it's okay. Mm-hmm. Because the, the the goal is bigger. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, the goal is bigger. So then after you finish your residency, then you start, you just start working in a hospital or you open up your own practice. That's where the money does roll in. So yeah, that's, that's the difference of the pay uh, from nursing. Like you said, yeah, some nurses, but the, your schedule as a nurse, you're working like 12 hour shifts. It's crazy, you know, but as an internal medicine, you can be doing eight hour shifts, maybe five days a week and you can be pulling the clothes six figures close to like 170,000 a year. Mm, and that's a killer though. Because people don't it, talk about like, you're not getting sleep, your feet are burnt, your back is broke, you know, all that just to make that same amount. You know what I mean? Um, yes. And I think no one really talks about that. And people think if you're a nurse, you're rich. And it's like, yeah, you're rich if you don't have a life and you double your work instead of working smart. You know what I mean? Exactly. And when it comes to the time schedule, like, so, when you're doing, when you're on residency, yeah, you're going to have those tough nights or those tough days where you're working kind of like a nurse, but even kind of worse because you're working straight 24 hours without any sleep. And then maybe you have to sleep for like 12 hours and you do another 24 to 24 hours straight or 36. You know, sometimes some doctors that are on call, they can be working from 7 to 7, 7 to 7 nonstop until, you know, they have, um, there, somebody come in to take over. Mm-hmm. So that's the I feel that's the most stressful part is being in when you're doing your residency where you're on call or even when you're out and when you're off and you're on call covering for the night, you still have to answer your phone at two, three o'clock in the morning to give an order to a nurse, you know, or you might have to even come in if there's an, an extreme situation. But once you're done with residency, uh, you know, you can you get your job inside a hospital or you start your own practice. And what and would my, your schedule be like? Um, your schedule when you start when you start in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of schedule are you looking for? That would be a balance for you that doctors can do because, you know, I've read articles that you know doctors and even um, you know residents they kind of get burnt out from you know doing twenty four hours mm-hmm. three times or four times a week and how that is really, you know, that could almost be a risk. Not even almost that could be a risk to patient care and stuff when you're dealing with doctors that are you know sleep deprived and tired. And so, what is your outlook on that? And like, what kind of schedule are you trying to do? Um, once you, you know, get into your role that will keep you having a steady, a steady life. I, honestly, I feel like my outlook, my outlook for when I start residency, I feel like I've already prepared myself because of what I do now from going from work seven to seven and then going to clinical from nine to five and then coming back to work. I barely sleep. I take like, I take power naps. I've, I've trained myself to take power naps. I know it's not it's not all that same, but when it when when the time comes, uh, residency, I'll be ready for mm-hmm. that crazy schedule. And but the transition, once I finish residency, I'm I'm looking forward to a nine. To, what I want to do, I want a nine to five. Mm. Go in nine to five because I know by then I'll be you know have my kids. I really want to be able to you know um, have time to be a home mom. You know, so yeah, my schedule I'm looking forward to is a nine to five. That's really good to hear that um, because that's actually the reason why I kind of 
went from bed, kind of left bedside and went into, you know, the role of a quality improvement specialist as a nurse was to kind of have that steady, um, that steady schedule uh, and still benefit from, you know, financially being stable as well as a nurse. So I'm glad to know that even in the MD route, which there's tons of doctors that, you know, work in clinics and even do telehealth and telemedicine and stuff, they are able to balance that schedule. So it's good to know that that's, that's an avenue for you. I remember when I was talking to my, um, my cousin who was also um, currently doing his residency, I remember that was one of the big decisions on, he couldn't decide on what um, specialty to go into, whether it be trauma, whether it be surgery, whether it be this, because you know, you have to think about lifestyle and what some certain specialties you're going to be on call, like a lot, you know, like OB or um, trauma versus other specialties that are more um, scheduled surgeries, elective surgeries kind of thing. So I remember hearing yeah, that yeah. and that being a challenge. So was that a challenge for you when you were picking your specialty too? Were you holistically looking at the bigger picture or are you just jumping into what truly drove you and what made you more excited to go to work? Yes, I was looking at the whole picture because, you know, um, Picking my specialty and then one, I mean, I'm applying, I will be applying, I could be applying for surgery, I could be applying for radiology, but I know that those, those type of specialties, like, I don't want to say it, but they, they basically have no life. They're barely at home. And I'm like, I want to be a doctor that's going to be raising my kids and have time. And I know that internal medicine or family medicine or even psychiatry, those three would be perfect for me and my mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so good to hear. Yeah. yeah, and you've just given us yeah. so much information today, girl. I'm not even kidding. I'm like so blown away by just hearing your experience and just hearing the outlook from um, RN to medical doctor. So would you be able to share some advice for anyone who's listening to this conversation about how to go from RN to medical director? And I know people are thinking like, Toby, you know, this is like uh, Toby talks about nursing career guide, but I'm not hinder. I don't want to hinder any other nurses that feel like, yo, I can do more um, if I climb up and become a medical doctor. And I would love to, he- I would love to hear your perspective and what kind of advice you would give someone who's interested in, in doing the route you did and the benefits of going through the route you did of becoming a nurse first and then transitioning to a medical doctor. First thing I want to say is that if you have this drive inside of you and you feel like, you know, actually you feel kind of like, I want to be a doctor. And you feel like nursing is not enough or you're, even if you're, this is before you even started um, nursing and you're trying to choose your undergrad degree, stick, all I want to say is that stick to the goal. If you feel like this is what you want to do, keep praying about it and keep working towards it. Try not to get misled. Don't let, uh, don't listen to, you know, like I said, before, don't listen to your advisor. Don't listen to some of your friends like come and talk. If you if you feel like you you're you're like wait a minute I hear I feel this a bit you just pray to God for clarity keep your eyes on the goal and keep pressing towards keep pressing towards the goal keep confessing every day I'm going to be a medical doctor I'm going to be a medical doctor I'm going to pass my exams I'm going to pass my my board exams and and you will pass it so those are my that's my advice and also uh you know you know, join join groups that are advocates for this transition like um you know you can even join a you know the um a medical doctor group like mm-hmm. I, when i joined a medical doctor group i joined i i found i made like several friends that are nurses who were going to to be doctors and i'm like wow look at that there's so many people going through what i'm going through working and going to and going to clinicals i and appreciate that because I have a, of course, we know tons of friends out there, but I had a really, um, a really, really close friend of mine, practically a brother. And his sister, she is um, in a pre-med route, but she was seeing a lot of difficulties out there, even shadowing. Like she, it was really hard for her to find someone that would allow her to shadow. And she felt like it was race related a little bit, you know, and girl, I was like, don't let that stop you from your dreams. I got you a black doctor in Dallas. You're going to follow her. You know what I mean? But for okay. a, I did. I hooked her up real quick. She has, I mean, I have a wonderful friend who's a doctor. She does an amazing job in the ER Parkland. And I connected them two together. And I was like, don't let anything get in your way, whether you feel like it's race related or educational, whatever it is, pursue your dream. So for 
pre-med students who are probably having that difficulty of, you know, continuing that journey of becoming a doctor, are there certain like um, things that they can do? Would it be like volunteering or would it be like joining an organization that can help, you know, I think it's more encouraging when you're in an environment of other people striving for the same goal too, and it helps you keep going versus doing it solo dolo. So what kind of things that you do or yeah. join or um, affiliations that kind of helps you on your push and strive to become a doctor? Because I feel like pre-med students need to hear this too, the same way nursing students need to hear the kind of organizations or the kind of volunteering programs that can help um, as you go on that journey of becoming a nurse or becoming a doctor. So are there any that you can kind of drop some names or, or, or shoot some um, directions to for any pre-meds out there that are listening or any um, nursing students who are wanting to go into medical school um, can start to kind of flow towards to kind of help them in their journey? Yes, um, I would definitely say uh, nurses or nurses who want to go to medical school or your pre-med students, you guys need to join um on Facebook, there's a group called uh, uh, Black Young Medical Doctors. Mm. Then there's um, student SNMA. It's called Student National Medical Association, which is uh, basically it's a it's the American Medical Student Association, but kind of like for uh, African Americans. Once you join all these groups and start going to their events, you'll start networking. Before you meet people that are on your same track, that will just be like, "Hey, do you know about this? Do you hear about this?" Before you know it, you can even post. Like I, um, I wanted to do a couple of shadowing too. I posted in that group on Facebook. Hey, my name is Sedona. I'm a nurse going to medical. I mean, I'm medical school during my last semester. I need uh, an elective clinical. Boom! Within two three minutes, I found a doctor that I started um, doing my emergency medicine rotations here in Chicago. Wow. It's all about networking. It truly Mm -hmm. is. And that's the same thing that goes for nurses out there. It's truly about networking. And that's where you're going to get your resource and your knowledge and um, what to do in certain situations or certain scenarios or certain fields is truly through those networking associations and using social media to your benefit. Um, So as we speak about social media and as we start to wrap up, girl, I know you are more than just a doctor because I happened to stumble on your social media page and you also do some uh, cooking, especially when it comes to our cultural mm-hmm. food. So I want you to share that with me. Like, tell me about what it is you do on the side. And I, I just want to know more because I was like, hold up. Oh, girl, can she throwing down? <laughs> tell me about your, 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 your side hustle. Cause this is like a side hustle. So tell me about that. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm a, I'm a CEO of Kegel's Kitchen, which is uh, basically a food blog and where I focus on, I post a lot of yummy recipes that I really focus on uh, posting a lot of African recipes that come with a twist. I do a lot of Nigerian American food fusions. Then I also have another side where I post um, healthy uh, healthy, healthy options as opposed. So, you know, with Nigerian food, you have the, the famous jollof rice. Mm. And I have a recipe on my blog where you're focused on cauliflower jollof rice. Or if what? you want to, you want to eat your, yeah. Mm-hmm, if you want to eat your famous, the famous goosey soup with, instead of eat, eating with pounded yam, I have a recipe on my blog where you can do the, um, you can do a uh, cauliflower fufu. Or zucchini oh, fufu. Wow. Yeah. So I'm 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 growing to integrate now that I'm a doctor, I wanna integrate integrate um the whole healthy transition as a Nigerian and I wanna come out with a cookbook that will basically show you, you know, these are the more healthier uh, more health health conscious wise recipes you can, you know, introduce to mommy and daddy, you know, to encourage them. Like, hey, mom, dad, I want you guys to live longer. No more pounding yam, but I want you to eat this coconut flour fufu, you know? Wow. So Girl. that's basically it. And then I also, <laughs> I also host, uh, I have a traveling brunch series called Ladies Who Brunch, mm-hmm. where I go city to city whenever I have time. That's the problem. And I network, I, 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 uh, I network with a whole bunch of ladies and I host a brunch where I cook my, um, my, Plantain lasagna, or I do like a suya Hennessy chicken. These are all my like Nigerian fusion um, uh, recipes, and we basically everybody networks, everybody talks, and 
So yeah, it's a it's a really amazing thing. I, I, you know, God, God is good because I don't know where this came from, but I know that I've always loved cooking. And then just while I was in, you know, I was in Houston doing some clinicals, and I was just like, you know what? Let me just start a food blog. Why not? I have so many recipes in my head that I just need to like type it up. I have recipes for days in my head. It just comes to, I'm like, ooh, let me combine this. Trial and error. And then before you know it, I have like over 60 recipes on my blog. So. (laughs) Yes. That is is amazing. Can you you come through? Yes. Like, because I'm clearly, (laughs) it's, it's, I love what you're doing because our food, literally being Nigerian, our food is like number one thing to our hearts, you know, and it's hard to, you know, balance a healthy lifestyle and still want to eat your traditional dishes to make sure that you're, you know, you're, you're doing things that are going to prevent diabetes, are going to prevent hypertension, some of the things that are like the highest thing in African Americans. Um, and I love that you're doing that, girl, like I was blown away. I was like, hold up, mm-hmm. let me, and, and I've started integrating some of those things too, like instead of, you know, I am a Amala and a goosey girl, like throw down Amala any day. I cook it from scratch. Girl, I'm all about Amala life. But I had to start looking at some holistic <laughs> way to eat a little lighter. So I actually just, you know, I tried a couple of weeks ago of um, pounded oats where I just blended oats and I pounded that instead of, mm-hmm. you know, Amala or instead of uh, Fufu for my husband who loves pounding yams. So it's, it is really refreshing to see a doctor out there that also has a, a food blog that can help us in our cultural food to stay healthy and still enjoy what we eat. And I don't know when this book is coming out, but I'm buying the first one because I want to know about that uh, plant. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am like blown. I said, hold up. Well, let me go ahead and start pulling out the pots and pans. This girl got some real good dishes out here. So um, thank you, girl. Mm-hmm. Thank you for bringing something new to the game and, and helping our community live longer. <laughs> and um, and just everything you're doing is amazing. So um, thank you so, so much for joining Toby Talks today, girl, because I am blown away by what you're doing, going from RN to MD and Chef MD. I got to call you Chef MD because that's really your name now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, yes. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. There were so many gems dropped. And if you want to reach me or hit me up, feel free to contact me through my email at tobytalks at tobytodge.com. Again, that's tobytalks at tobytodge.com. Feel free to follow me on Instagram or slide me a DM. That's at toby.talks. Again, IG, toby.talks. I also got Twitter, like everybody else. So feel free to hit me up. And my Twitter is this is Toby Talks. I look forward to talking to you guys very soon. And remember, I'm rooting for you. So go out there and be great. Till next time, talk to you later.